So uh, what, what's been going on? What, what, what do you got got going on in in, uh, in your uh, your world right now? You're talking before the show. You got a, a, a new podcast and, and things going on. Yeah, just uh, launched episode one of the new podcast. We got uh, we had Mo Egger on. Uh, it'll be Tuesday, and then next week it'll, it'll be every Tuesday morning. We talked a little bit about the Reds with Mo Egger, and then I'll have my new co-host uh, coming on next Tuesday. We'll have a guest then too. So yeah, we're getting getting started with that. We'll see how it goes. Awesome, man! Awesome. That's cool. Now, last time I had you on here, we were talking uh, talking Bengals and talking the draft, and that's more of what you're. You're known for, but I know you're a big Reds fan, and we just got done with the uh, the All Star Game, and you're telling me you didn't even didn't watch the All Star Game. You're not a big you're not a big All Star All Star fan, huh? No, not really. I don't like those All Star games really for any sport. I mean, they're cool. They just don't really have much meaning. So yeah. I don't really care to watch. I I, I saw what Winker and Castellanos did. I kept track of that, but other than that, I wasn't yeah. too interested. Well, it's it's funny. It's like it seems like the last couple of years, we when we do get starters or we get guys who actually get into the All Star game, they never do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of annoying. Big What's that? For, I said big walk for Winker. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he got a big walk, and I'm like, I'm like, all right, let's get something going. And then the next guy grounds out, like, God, crap. Now, unfortunately, the AL beat the NL for the eighth straight freaking time. It's ridiculous. Now, see me. I'm an old school baseball fan, and I always root for the end because that's where the Reds are at. And to me, the All Star Game is actually one of the more interesting All Star games to watch because it's the closest to me as to a real game. Now, the NBA used to be close to a real game. I think back in like the '90s when Jordan was there and and Magic and Bird and all those guys, they actually cared. But uh, I have a hard time watching any other All Star game, especially the Pro Bowl. That's that is. <laughs> That is absolutely boring. But the All Star, the Major League Baseball All Star Game is one of my favorites to watch. But let's get into some Reds talk here. I'm gonna try something new. It's called screen sharing. We'll see how I do this. And with a whole eight people watching this, Blake. So I mean, we we are rolling with the audience right now. It's middle of summer. Nobody's like pay attention. Sports isn't going on. So we'll see how this goes. But I got this from SB Nation. It's a second half. Questions for the Cincinnati Reds. And I think this is a pretty cool article you guys can check out. Like I said, it's on SV Nation. But the one big thing that I noticed down here, it says uh, physical therapy for the bullpen. They're talking about bringing back Michael Lorenzen. And it says Michael Lorenzen is very, very close. In fact, the Reds, if the Reds are playing this week and not resting, there's probably a chance, a decent chance, he would have been activated earlier. Instead, he's stuck in AAA Louisville to stay ready over the break and may be activated before the Reds take the field. Now, he tweeted out on, was it last week? Friday, Thursday, like right before uh, the All-Star break. Where is it? Here it is. That he plans on being back on Friday. There it is. So how big a thing do you think this is for the Reds to get Lorenzen back? So I want to start off by saying I cover the Bengals. I work work my work is related to the Bengals. I'm just a Reds fan, so my exactly. perspective's a little bit, a little different than what yeah. I have for the Bengals. Yeah, you're you're so, you're just talking as a fan right now. Yeah, this is as a fan right here. Yeah, and exactly. I don't. I think I think getting Lorenzo back is big. Obviously, I think when they get Sims and Anton back, and then I also think that Amir Garrett is going to pick it up. 
Uh, hopefully you're back to his old self. Well, he's uh, he's looked pretty good the last couple times in Milwaukee. So that, that yeah, was – He gave up that home run. I forget what game it was, but that's going to happen yeah. uh, to anybody. And I, so I think, you know, with Garrett, Sims, Antone, Lorenzen, uh, Warren's been pitching well, I believe. Uh, Dosage has been, been pitching pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Brad Brock has had his – you know, Dude, man, he but, the Brad Brock's arm's gonna fall off because <laughs> yeah. he keeps bringing him in. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Santiago from you know, I think that they're in they're in better shape than they were, but it's not they they still have stuff to do. Like you can't just rely on Lorenzen coming back and being you know an ace out of the bullpen. You have to go get you know, other arms from other teams and you got to try to work that. So I think getting these guys back is good. Like it's what you want. It's going to help, but it's not, you know, end game. You can't just rely on that for the rest of the year. You're going to have to, you know, move some other pieces around to fix that bullpen for the rest of the year, which has been their biggest issue. So I think exactly. So I think that getting these guys back helps, but it's not enough. Right. No, I agree. That now we talk about having Sims and Anton back, and that's gonna be huge when they come back. But right now, they're not even they're not even rehabbing right now. That's that's a problem, you know. So I, I don't know when there's no timetable for them them to come back. But if you can get those two back and they're pitching like they were before, and Michael Lorenzen and and hopefully uh, Garrett is back to normal. And let's see. I, I actually I was kind of surprised. Santion, they brought him back up. But he didn't even see the field in Milwaukee, which I th- I guess he's going to be used more as a long reliever. I'm I'm assuming, but I just thought maybe they might get him in there just to give some of these other guys a break. But I'm thinking out loud in my head here, the break they're in it right now, so they're going to get four days off. So maybe that was David Bell's thinking of letting them, you know, pitch. So, but it's going to be a fun second half for sure. Yeah, and I think I mean. I don't know. I mean, I've always paid attention to the Reds. This is like the first year I've been real deep into the Reds. I've always watched them, always been a fan. This year I've kind of, you know, tried more to, you know, pay attention to what they're doing and everything. But as far as I can remember, this is, you know, in the last, I don't know, five to ten years, I'm sure there's been bigger series. But this series coming up on Fridays, one of the biggest series I can remember since I've been a fan, which has been, you know, 21 years. So – I mean, I think this this three games against the Brewers is going to be absolutely huge. Oh, it's it's enormous, and, and like we were talking about before the show, if they were to sweep them, knock on wood, they'll be within one game out of first place. Now, the thing, the other question mark we have here is get back to this article from uh, SB Nation is uh, will we see the real Eugenio Suarez? Now, this is what is the scary part if you go down here. This is he. This is his slump, which they keep calling him a slump. But I mean, he's been hit like this since last year. He's hit a buck twenty-five, two thirty-two, and also two ninety-two against left-handed pitchers in eighty-two appearances this season. That has, for my money, has got to change. And the question for me, Blake, is when Moose comes back, which hopefully he'll be back sometime. He's still in a boot, but when he comes back. Are they going to put? Do you think they're going to put Gino at shortstop again? I really don't want them to do that. No, I. I mean, I don't know what they'll do with him. I don't want him to play shortstop. I would 
I mean, and this is, uh, I would consider moving to India to shortstop. Uh, I don't really know how well that would work out, but maybe, you know. India See, me, I'm the opposite. I, I would leave India alone. Really? He's playing, oh, he's playing so good. He's playing good. As I would leave him alone. <laughs> you yeah. know, I wouldn't touch I, that dude right now. <laughs> I think that I would, my reason is I would try. India moving to this point that, you know, Swartz had a tough year, uh, you know, fielding well and hitting. But, uh, so, yeah, I think that, you know, but the thing with Suarez, too, is if he can get back to how he was, you know, at his peak, him, Winker, and Castellanos is very scary. So, oh, yeah. If he can come back from that and, you know, play like that again, which I don't really know if that'll happen, but if he can, I mean, that's that'll just be incredible TV. I mean, I, I love the top of the lineup right now. Yeah. I mean, you, well, actually, you, you go top four with, with the way Vado's hitting, too, with India, Winker. Castellanos and Vado, I mean, those guys are, are killing it right now. I mean, Vado, I, I love his approach right now. And the thing is, it's it's nice for for Vado that he finally has help. You know, last up until last year, you know, the six years before that, he was it. You know, <laughs> there wasn't really anybody else on the team to be, you know, to be quite honest, that was really helping out. Now he's at India, top of the order, and 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 Winker and Castellanos. And so, to me, I, I'm I'm excited about Votto and and how he's how the the approach that he's taking this year. You know, I, I he 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 said this, and I've said this on my show before. He goes, "I'm getting older. I can't do everything I did before." So he's taking the lesser of the two e- evils. He's trying to damage the baseball, is quoting him, and I think he's done a very very good job of it this year because. The Reds, honestly, with this offense, don't need him to do all the stuff that he did before. We have other guys that can that can pick up the slack. Yeah, and I think, well, the interesting question with Votto to me is, I don't think that, you know, aside from, which I do like if they move Stevenson to first, because, I mean, Votto's playing good. The end is not that far off for when the Reds are going to be needing a first baseman. Uh, and aside from Stevenson moving to first, it doesn't seem like they're there that prepared for that. And Votto's going to be around with that contract. He's not going to be, you know, gone at the end of the season or anything. Yeah. I think he's got like uh three, three. more years on that contract. Yeah. But I, it's just looking through the whole roster down in the minor leagues. They haven't done a whole lot to prepare for what comes after Joey Bot. Right. And to me, that's like, I can see them being big time buyers at the deadline. Because they built the team to we to win this year, and you know even with what the bullpen's done, they're four games back right now going into the series with the with the leaders of the division, and they're right in it. All they need is some help. So I think that they're they're going to go all in on this season. I think they'll make some moves at the deadline. I think they're going to have to. I mean, and one thing is, I don't even think they need to do like we're talking about shortstop here. I don't think. They're going to address the shortstop position. I could see them addressing the bigger need is the bullpen, but that also depends on if we get TJ Anton back and we get Lucas Sims. So there might be they're going to be hedging their bets, I think, to see if those guys come back and and are healthy to the to decide what how you know what they're going to give up because I mean everybody's going to want Nicoladolo. Or Hunter Green from us, and the Reds are not giving up those guys. So that's gonna be the thing: is what are what do the Reds have that people want 
to, to give up a legit reliever. And the only one I can really think of right now is Alejo Lopez, the kid that just brought up, which I really would not like to get rid of because I kind of had this thought is in the offseason, because the offseason is going to be interesting for me. That's the thing they got to think about, too, when they're making these, these trades. Are you going to keep Nick Castellanos? You know, because he's got that option. Are they going to buy it out or are they going to try to sign him to a new contract? You know, what's going on? You got Eugenio Suarez. Uh, he's a third baser. He's not a shortstop. You got Moose. You got India at, at second. India's not moving, I don't think. You got uh, Jose Berta, who was Jose Garcia last year. He's coming up. He hit a home run in the, in the Futures All-Star game. He's probably our shortstop next year. So you've got, if you still, if you keep Alejo Lopez, if you don't trade him, you got three guys at third base next year. You know, I mean, I'm not saying Alejo Lopez is going to beat out Moose or, or Gino, but the question is, do they want to sign, take the money, if they take the money from Gino and Moose and add it toward Nick Castellanos, is that a move they might be thinking about? And that's stuff that I think they have to think about <clears throat> as far as trade deadline stuff, you know, because what they do now is going to affect them in the offseason. Yeah, and to kind of to start off with like Jose Barrero, I think that you know next year, and me and Mo Egger were talking about this. The likelihood of the NL having a DH next year is pretty high. Yes. So, you know, you think you could have Vado at DH, try Moose out at first, India at second, Barrero at short, and Suarez at third, and that could be your infield. That's a pretty solid infield next year. That and, sounds but, awesome. But in terms of people who they can trade now, uh, pains me to say he's one of my favorite players, but Aquino. Uh, maybe there's a team out there that wants a you know a bat like that. Uh, Tyler Naquin has been playing good. Got it. I think. See, people say Tyler Naquin. Naquin is on a on a one year contract. They don't have him signed past this, so I don't see because there's another guy on, on that's coming on the show saying the same thing. They're not gonna. They're if they're gonna trade, in my opinion anyway. Teams that are going to trade a good reliever want a guy they have. It, control for a while and they want a younger so Naquin to they don't have they just have him for the rest of this year so I don't really think he's a viable option but I do think Aquino is and I do and I kind of think Shogo might be but Shogo's got to show he can hit sorry not, not to interrupt you but keep going yeah I was just saying that you know with Naquin playing the way he is I know it would have an effect you know long term but what about Nick Senzel as well you know they picked him second overall uh there's gonna be you know he's controllable he's 26 years old there's going to be a market for that, and you're not going to. The thing that people think they talk about when you know wanting to trade these, wanting to trade for bullpen arms, they they want to trade, you know, like people like Mike Freeman or Kyle Farmer. Well, you, right. You yeah. can't just trade the low end. You're going to have to trade somebody. <laughs> right. Exactly. Here, here, here's a, here's a bucket of balls. Give me your your best uh, best reliever. Yeah, and it's so I think Senzel should be talked about in that conversation, just because you have Tyler Naquin, you have Shogo. Uh, you got two center fielders, and then you know you can see about getting a younger center fielder, you know, in the offseason. So I think trading Nick Senzel for a you know good bullpen arm for this season is something that should be on the table. And a, na- a name I brought up to Mo uh, the other day was, and he kind of he had value or very good points on why it wouldn't be the best. But I also pay for a bullpen arm with how well Tyler Stevenson's been playing. And Ooh. go with the younger guy. Ooh. That would hurt. But, yeah. 
I hear yeah. what you're saying. And, and, and I, I, the thing is, that's that's the point, though. If the Reds are going to go all in, and and I talk about this with, with Lance on my show, you can't pick the year that it's all going to work out and you are going to have a shot at being in the playoffs, you know. Do you – are you willing to mortgage the farm, the future, to try to win now? And I've always said yes because you don't know what next year is going to bring. Now, you bring up Tyler Stevenson. That would be – that would be really – that would that would hurt <laughs> to trade him, but yes, that that would be a guy that could get us probably some pretty good relief pitchers. Um, Nick Senzel, you brought him up, and yeah, I agree he would. But again, with his injury history, and again, he's on the disabled list right now. To me, to for him to be a viable trade piece in time for the trade deadline, he's got to get healthy, and then he's got to show he can play. You know, again, because I mean, everybody you nobody's know, gonna you know. Uh, trade for him if he's if he isn't playing good or he, if he's not healthy. So that's one that I think is going to be difficult to 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 trade. But Tyler Stevenson, yeah, that would be that oh, would I be meant, a piece. I would trade Tucker Barnhart. I meant. Oh, you trade Tucker Barnhart? Yeah, I said trade Barnhart and let Stevenson take over the younger because oh. I think Tyler Stevenson is going to be an all star eventually. I, he's he's going to be really good. I would say. See, see if anyone wants Tucker Barnhart, and then let Stevenson take over that. Uh, well, you got time. you got to look at you got to look at Tucker Barnhart's contract, and see that's the thing when 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 you're doing these these trades like this, you got to look at what the other team wants. The other team wants controllable guys for multiple years, and I don't. And Tucker would not be fit into that. He, I think he's got one, maybe two years on his contract. Now, Tyler Stevenson, on the other hand, that would be the guy that would be more of what they're looking for. I mean, he's a rookie. He's controllable for the next six, seven years. You know, that that's that's the kind of guys that they they would be looking for, I, th- I think, anyway, if you're trading for – it's kind of like last year when they, they, they traded um, uh, with the um, Arizona Diamondbacks. They traded um, – he's their starting second baseman now, and I cannot remember his name uh, for the life of me. He's all, he was a, a really good player – What's that? Van Meter. Van Meter. Yes. Thank Josh you. Van Meter. Van Meter. Yeah. Yes. They traded him last year, and he was, what, in his second year, and he's controllable for them for the next five years. That's – and then we got Archie Bradley out of it, and then we decided not to pick up his option, which didn't make any sense to me. But that, that to me, is the pieces that you have to be – that you have to be willing to give up. That's what you – that's what they're going to want. You know, I, I, I don't see – Tucker Barnhart being, I don't, I don't see another team going, yeah, I'll, I'll give you, you know, my best reliever for Tucker Barnhart, who's going to, you know, be a free agent or be in, you know, uh, arbitration eligible and cost me a lot of, a lot of money. Most of these teams want younger guys that are cheap and controllable. So again, not to cut you down, but I just, I just don't see Tucker Barnhart being um, one of the guys that they would be able to trade, you know, but I do love your idea with with the DH next year, and I do agree with you that I was surprised they didn't do the DH this year. I do agree with you that they could do the DH next year, and I mean, I, honestly, the way Gino's been playing defense, I might make him the DH <laughs> to be honest. Put Moose at third and Vado at first. But either way, that that would be that'd be cool. And th- there, there's so many guys that they could put there. I mean, you put Jesse Winker there, and you put Senzel in the outfield. You know, I mean, there, there's there's a lot with 
the DH would really help the Reds a ton because they have so – the Reds honestly have so much talent in so many places except for shortstop <laughs> and in the bullpen. You know, those are the two things. So we got lots of talent in, in lots of places. It's just – it's it's kind of weird that it's just – you know, how many outfielders we got? We got, what, seven outfielders that are that probably are major league outfielders? And we've got three front third basemen, I mean – Four second baseman, you know, we got we got a ton, we got no shortstops, and we got one first baseman. So it's just kind of ironic of how this all works out with the Reds and 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 their rebuild. But this, um, let's get back to this article here. But this weekend is going to be a lot of fun. I think, you know, to watch to watch them um, be in this race and to see how they act coming out of. The break, you know, because I told you off, off the air, I was kind of worried. Kind of wish they would have kept playing. You know, I wish the All-Star break wasn't here because they're playing so good. So it, it's going to be huge if they can go in and they win two out of three or they sweep all, all three of them. Here in a couple weeks, we could be in first place all by ourselves. Yeah, that would be that would be ideal. I don't, I'm a, I, like I said, I'm a little worried about the first series just because coming off the All-Star break. But it can also affect the Brewers. It's not just like old right. And- well, it's just like I mean, the one thing amazing happened is we they beat Hader twice. Yeah, twice. Gino got him for a home run. Now this is something that somebody brought up on the show. I think it was Monday, and Gino got drilled. And some people on a commented on my show here saying that they thought it was intentional. And to be honest, I didn't get to – I was watching the game, but like I guess I was watching it on my phone because I was at my parents' house. We were having family dinner, so I didn't get to really – I saw him get hit. I didn't get to really see all the reaction afterwards or not. I don't know if you got to see it or not. But do you think there's any – it could be any blowback uh, from the Reds going after the, the – the, I call them the boozers uh, uh, this weekend? No, I don't, I don't really see that happening. I think, you know, I mean, Hater did it if it, if it was intentional. And the Reds got him twice, so I mean, why would you, right? Why would you throw them when you already got the guy two times? I mean, right. That that's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking. And, and one of my uh, loyal viewers here, crowd up a kid. He said he made a good statement. He's like, he said, don't throw out him. He goes, just don't, don't beat him up on the field. Just beat him in the game, and that that's gonna be even worse. Because if you get in a, in a brawl, somebody's getting suspended or somebody could get hurt. It's just silly. Like, just if Hater got pissed off that he that Gino got him. Well then, he should have he should have struck him out, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I'm not a I'm not a big fan of throwing at people anyway. I think that you know this. I think that I mean it's hitters too, but I think these all these unwritten rules and these pitchers getting mad. It's like oh, a guy hit a home run and you're gonna get mad. And you're gonna throw a ball 100 miles an hour at his head. Well, this right. How about you don't give up the home run? Right. Like that's strike exactly strike him out if you're gonna get mad like. If I had a home run in the major leagues, I'd probably pimp it a little bit too. Right, oh, dude. If I if I hit, hit a home run, heck yeah, I'd be bat flipping and everything. Yeah. Now, that is one more thing on this uh, article here. Then we'll get to the Bengals here. It says, uh, "Will Shogo get get his chance? Hundred games as a big leader and the most homer happy go go era in sports history. And Shogo Akiyama has not hit a home run in a hundred games." With 277 at bats and is slugging 286. That's the line with 275 
Mark put up by the Mets, Jacob Negrom, and in 254 at bats, dating back to 2017. Now, Shogo has gotten off to a rough start this year, I think. Yeah, he started out getting injured. And 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 then Naquin, like we've talked about here on the show today, has just taken off and had a great season. And Shogo, I think, is a guy that's used to playing every day. You know, in, in, in Japan, he, he was their starting center fielder and he was a star over there. And I I don't I don't know if he's ever going to I don't want to say ever, but I don't know if this year if he's going to get enough at bats to really get going like he did last year, like toward the end of the year, like he did last year. What, what, what are your thoughts on Shogo? Well, first of all, what's, what's the name of the guy? I can't remember his name. He's back in the minors. He was batting like 0. 0.075 with the Reds just a couple weeks ago. An uh, outfielder? Yeah. Oh, um, Hanson. Is that who it was? I think so. He's he's the one that, that, that yeah, he's the left-hander that, David Bell kept starting over Shogo. Yeah, well, I think that's his name. If you're Shogo and Sinzel gets hurt and you can't play ahead of that guy, you're probably not going to get your turn. That's, right. I mean, I I don't care about matchups. That guy, Shogo, if Shogo Shogo should have been playing over him, and if he's not, you're probably not going to get your chance. Well, I think if, if you notice, since they sent him down, Shogo has gotten more more at bats here lately. So I will give yeah. David Bell credit for that. Um, but yeah, it's and, and unfortunately, Shogo hasn't capitalized on his opportunities right now. But again, I think it's hard for him. I don't because he's never not played. He's always played. So when you're used to being a starter and you don't play all the time, it's really. I mean, I was listening to. Um, I don't know if you know. If you know, uh, I know you know who Sean Casey is right. You know who Sean yeah. Casey is right. Okay, Sean Casey has his own uh, podcast now called The Mayor's Office and. He, I was listening to that the other day, and he's got Todd Walker on there, another former Red and former teammate. Um, and Todd Walker was talking about the hardest thing in the world to do is to pinch it. He said it's hard to hit a baseball as it is, but to come off and pinch it. And Shogo Akiyama, I think, is David Bell's number one pinch hitter. <laughs> I yeah. think he's pinch hit more than anybody on the team this year. And I don't know. I, I wish I knew what his average was or how he was doing as far as pinch hitting. But I don't think it's very good. <laughs> so, but at least Shogo's gotten some more opportunities here lately. We'll see how the second half takes off for him. And who knows? I mean, if you remember last year when the Reds won the seven consecutive uh, series, Shogo was at the top of the lineup and he was raking. Yeah. I don't see that happening this year because I think Naquin is having too good of a year and India is leading off and doing good. So it's, it's a different year and a different team. So I'm not sure if that's going to – if that's going to happen for Shogo this year. Yeah, and I, I, I think that you got to keep Naquin out there and then if you hold on to Sinzel when he gets back, see what he does. And I think that there's not – I mean, there could be in the future a need for center field depending on what Sinzel does. But as of right now, they, without – if Shogo were gone, if you weren't on the team right now, you're still – in good shape at center field. So I think that to me is just kind of telling of, you know, what, what to do with him if he's not. I mean, yeah, getting more chances would be nice for him, but I think they'll, they would be fine without him and he's just on the roster, which is, I think they overpaid him a little, little bit so that could hurt some. But Well, I think, you know, I, I was reading, I didn't get to read the whole article, but uh, uh, Sugar Itani, uh, the Reds were in the mix 
forgetting yeah. Otani. And they didn't get him, so then they turn around and got Shogo. So I think that might be maybe one of the reasons they got him. I don't know. Orange Arrow, what's going on, man? And if you guys if you haven't checked out Orange Arrow, he's got his own podcast and YouTube channel as well. So make sure you guys check him out. Now let's get to some Bengals talk here, some more stuff up your alley that you tweet about. Now this is uh, this is from Bengals Wire. Now this is their Cincinnati Bengals camp roster preview. Uh, yeah, of course you got Jackpot Joey Burrow, who we all cannot wait to see play in the very first game. Now uh, here's a depth chart, which I mean I don't know if anybody cares about the depth chart of the quarterbacks. We know Brandon Allen's the Backup. Hopefully, none of these guys ever play except for Joe Burrow. But um, yeah, Burrow's knee. Which where are you at on on Joe Burrow's knee? There, like how 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 confident are you he's going to be ready a full go full go at uh, training camp? Uh, I don't necessarily. I don't think he'll be full go or at training camp, and not because his knee is holding him back. I think they'll just be taking precautions. I yeah, I think it's. I, I think he'll be a hundred percent for the first game. I just, I and you know, going into preseason, I really hope he doesn't play during the preseason. I, dude, I'm the same way. I, I was saying the same thing, but uh, dude, I would not put it past him. Yeah. I could totally see because he said it. He goes, "It would be nice to get in there, knock the rust off, take a hit." I'm like, dude, it's preseason. But I understand what he's talking about, though. You know, it'd be nice to just get it out of the way. So he doesn't have to do it the first game. But I mean, last year he played his very first game, you know, in the the regular season. Yes, I just I maybe give him a drive or something just to start a game off. I would I just I don't really think there's much reason for him to be out there running around and doing because in preseason you're going against guys who are they got a lot of money on the line. They're trying to make rosters. They're going to be going right. as far as they can. Right. Get him in at the first drive when all the you know established players are playing. They're maybe not going as hard, and you know let it go from there. Try to keep them safe. So, how, just going into this this season, I have I've said this before that I think the the most the, the part of the team that really this season the success or failure of this team falls on, in my opinion. Is the defense? Uh, I'm pretty sure the offense is going to be really good. I'm pretty sure the offense line is going to be—I won't say fine, but it's going to be a lot better than it was last year. I think—I think it's going to be better than what people think it's going to be. But that's my own just little orange glasses uh, opinion. But I think this whole season really hinges on the defense and how they can stop the run and how they can get after the quarterback. What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think you said it. I mean, getting after the quarterback is going to be the biggest thing for this defense uh, by a big margin. I think they struggle. They're way down in the dumps in sacks, sack numbers, and you lose Carl Lawson. And the secondary, I think, is going to be better. You'll have Trey Wayne's back. Didn't have him last year. Mike Hilton, uh, in my opinion, is a top two slot corner in the league. Uh, I'm a big fan of Wouzier. Um, I think that yep. I would say that I think I said this at the time, but getting a Wouzier and Hilton for the same price as just William Jackson is fantastic business. Because right. in my opinion, 
Booz, yeah, cool boy too. He's a little below, but he's younger. And Hilton right. is an upgrade over Mackenzie Alexander. So you, with those two guys, for the price of William Jackson, that's awesome. And But, yeah, getting to the defensive line, I think the secondary is going to be better. You're going to have Jesse Bates being Jesse Bates. He'll be good. Uh, Von Bell's pretty solid. I, I, I like that they have him a lot. Um, I think, you know, hoping that Trey Hendrickson can keep up production without, you know, a dominant guy on the other side. That's going to be a big question. Uh, right. Can the reader healthy? Uh, see what else they can get from the inside. I think that Joseph Vasai is going to have a pretty good year, pretty good rookie year. He's just a monster at Texas. Um, I like him, him, and I, I a steal is one of the steals of the, of the draft for us, to be honest. Yeah, I think Sample's going to get some snaps this year. He's kind of a Carl Lawson type player. He's gonna, right. He's not going to get a lot of sacks, but he's going to get pressure. So that's kind of what Hendrickson needs. Hendrickson's going to need somebody that can compliment him on the other side by, you know, breaking up the breaking up the pocket and letting Hendrickson run around in there and get after the quarterback. So uh, I think that that's going to be good. Uh, and you're also hoping guys like Akeem Davis-Gaither can really show up out of the linebacker position in the pass rush as well. So there's a lot of question marks, uh, but there's a lot of guys that, you know, have the capability, but they're younger. So, you know, hopefully that hopefully they can figure that out. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> Are you back? Can you hear me, Blake? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's just like I got knocked off. Yeah. I'm like, so hey. <laughs> well, welcome to the internet show. That, that happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's see here. Now, you, you brought some pretty good points. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Cheetah Bay Wuzio. Do you think... And there's been some people who have said he hasn't lived up to expectations because of injuries and stuff. Is he a guy that, in your opinion, could could be a number one corner cornerback? Absolutely. Uh, I like Wuzi a lot. I could, you know, I made the joke at the time that, you know, on Uh, he's still young. He's 26. So I think that, you know, with time that he, he can grow into that role. And like I just said, too, um, he's, what, four years, three years younger than William Jackson, and you get him for half right. the price. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think Luzier is going to be a big part of this defense moving forward. Um, I think that having Trey Waynes coming back will take some of that pressure off of him immediately. And another thing I wanted to say, too, is I don't think people talk, talk enough about how big – you know, getting someone like Eli Apple was. Yes. Um, he's not it's depth. Not that to interrupt you, but it's it's depth. It's something that they did yeah. not have last year. Not, not only him, but also, also uh, Allen out of uh, Atlanta. And those guys is depth. It's more depth than they had last year. Yeah, and I think it's something, you know, the big thing everyone wants to talk about going into an offseason is upgrades. They want to upgrade right. everything. Well, when you're running Eli Apple out of there, when you're running Eli Apple out there instead of Sean Sims, that's the big upgrade. Exactly. Position upgrade that they're going to nail it. Oh. 
All right, let's see here. Rabbit, let's get some, we get to some comments here on the show. Rabbit says, I cannot wait to see him blitz and light up Mayfield. I think he's talking about Hilton. Yeah, because he says he's, he's excited to see Mike Hilton. A lot of people, a lot of Bengals fans are excited to see Hilton, especially for his, his blitzing ability, which I'm curious how uh, Lou handles that because he's never, in three years, that he this be going into his third year of being the Bengals defense coordinator. I think this is the most talented team that he's had. And I think he's got the best shot to do what he's trying to do. And I finally figured out what he's trying to do. <laughs> he's trying to do the amoeba or morphing defense, whatever you want to call it, wherever, whatever that team does best, they're trying to take that away from him. And I think he's got the best shot to do it right now with, with the talent he has. Blake, you still there? Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. The thing with the thing with Blue, and I think this is he's gonna have some new guys. This is what he should do is just flip on in terms of Mike Hilton, turn on some of the Steelers defensive tape the past couple of years and watch what Mike Hilton does and do that. I mean Hilton's been you know, he's been great. So I think the big thing for Anarumo is gonna be finding uh his new guy's strength, his rookie strength, the free agent signing, find what they do best and put them in a position to succeed. I think that an issue that they've kind of had the past couple of years is they get these guys and they kind of just, they don't put them in different positions, but they just, the defense has been, you know, kind of, it's moved around a lot, but in, in the same sense, it's been very similar. They, he has an idea of what he wants to do and he does that. I think he needs to play more into his player strengths. And that's going to be, you know, blitzing Mike Hilton, uh, letting letting Akeem Davis gather in on the pass rush a little more, giving him some more snaps, uh, having him playing Bob Bell in the box and not putting him on the tight ends a lot. The strength. So if he can do things like that and figure out these guys' strength, I, I think this defense can be pretty solid. Yeah, I think so too. I want to get the orange arrows question here, but then I want to get back to the linebackers here, quick, real quick. Let me get the arrows uh, uh, statement here. Actually, he said, "I think they're trying to set things up in the cornerback room, like the wide receiver room. They have no number one, but they're all solid." I don't know. What do you what do you think about that? Because I mean, to me, yeah, there's no number one, but I mean, the talent wise in the wide receiver room is way higher than the cornerback room, if you ask me. And, uh, yeah, they don't have a number one, but, I mean, the number one's probably going to be Chase. He's probably going to be the X. But, I don't know, what, what do you think about that? You think they're, they're, they're not going to have a, an actual number one cornerback? Uh, well, I think, you, I think you have to have a number one. Uh, and that goes for both positions. Uh, and, you know, I get what you mean saying that they don't have a number one because Higgins and Chase are both very talented. I think Chase right. is going to be the number one. It's, it's just it's play calling and how's it, how it works out. You have number one. Uh, it, it doesn't one's you know a lot talented, more talented than the other. It's just you know play calling. And I think you know in the corner room you're going to need that guy that can line up against uh, you know the best receivers. He can line up against Odell. He can line up against uh, you know the number one receiver for the other team and play them well. So I think that you you have to have a number one, but I definitely get what you're saying because, I mean, there's not that much of a – what you're saying is there's not that much of a talent difference between the number one and the number two. Right. Which is which is right. It's just 
you're going to need to have that set guy that's going to go out there, number one receiver, and you're going to need that number one receiver you know, right. in terms of play calling. Exactly. Now let's get, get to the linebacking. To me, this is the one – I'm not concerned about the talent in the room. I mean, I think Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis Gaither are going to have breakout years this year. I'm worried about behind them. You know, what if they get hurt? If they get injured, they miss miss. You know, you got you got Pratt behind them, and um, uh, Bailey behind them. Who else? <laughs> you know, who 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 else? What what who who in that linebacker room are you okay with beyond? Logan Wilson and, and, and Davis Gaither. Well, I think that, you know, Pratt is going to, he's going to play a good amount this year. Um, Marcus Bailey, I'm actually pretty excited about. Uh, I think he'll get, he had a couple bad plays in some games last year, but I think, you know, they got him a lot, a lot later than, you know, he should have been if he wasn't, if it wasn't for injuries. So I think that, I think that the job's not done at linebacker. You, can go still get you can go out and still get that veteran guy, and I think that's what they'll do. Do I think they'll, you know, as we get closer to the season, they'll pick up a, a you know, thirty-some-year-old guy just on a keep one-year deal that can kind of add a little bit of experience to room and play behind some of these younger guys. So I don't think they're done at linebacker. Uh, they're I think they definitely need you know probably another addition or two. Yeah, Chris says if they could somehow get Van Ersen, that would be awesome. Wishful thinking, though. What are your thought? What are your thoughts on, on the chances of the, Bengals, of the Bengals getting him? Uh, I don't know the odds of them getting like Van Ersen. I think that you know he's not as as he would be just due to injuries. But when he's been on the field, he's been good. So getting somebody like that would be very nice for this team. Because uh, I think that they're going to, you know, Keem Davis-Gaither isn't going to sit in the same, you know, position in the whole game. You're going to need other linebackers that have other roles. They, I think Gaither will be more on the outside. Um, like I said, I wanted to see more in the pass rush. So, right. I think that getting someone like Vandra would be, would be pretty solid. Uh, but I do think Logan Wilson will have a good year. He'll be like the main linebacker. Yeah, I'm looking for for Logan Wilson to have a great year. I mean, the rabbit posed on here. He thinks Logan Wilson is going to have a, a breakout year, and I agree with him. I was very impressed with Logan Wilson last year. There, there's a lot of times he was in the right spot at the right time, and you know, I mean, he when the ball was thrown to him, he actually made the interception. Now, Davis Gaither probably could should have had at least two interceptions himself last year and dropped them, just flat dropped them. So hopefully um, Logan Wilson will, will, will step up. I don't want to say step up, but just improve upon what he did last year. Yeah, I think I think Logan Wilson will have a better year this year. He had a good year last year, but um, yeah, I think he's going to kind of develop into the role as the main you know middle linebacker on the team or the central linebacker. So I think Wilson will have a good year. I expect a little more kind of proud this year. He Played fine, uh, but you know, hoping that he can play better than he was. Exactly. And Blake, you are frozen, brother. Well, I have to let Blake. Hopefully, Blake, you can try to come back on and get that fixed, and we can continue the conversation. Let's get to the orange arrow here. Um. You said, but I don't think they will move 
them. I think Trey will line up on the right side. Chita Bay will line up on the left side, and Marcus will line up some on the first in OTAs. We will find out for sure. As you blink and get back, you look like you're still frozen. Yep, he's he gone. Hopefully he'll Blake, if you can jump back on, jump back on. If you can't, I appreciate you giving me the time to be come on the show. Um, and Orange, you think they're set at linebacker? I, I'm not. I think they're starting wise, they're set. I'm more worried about the backups because that's one thing I like about the secondary is with getting Eli Apple, we're getting Allen. Those are backup guys. You know, they're they're what we didn't have last year. And that, um, and I know Pratt's there, and 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 Bradley, Marcus uh, Bailey is going to be there. So I hope they're okay. I would just like at least somebody else, just in case, you know. They, you know, just in case they they get injured, the worst thing happens, you because know, the Bengals seem like they always get injured. <laughs> you know, it always happens. I don't know, but we'll see what's going on. Um, I'd like I said, I tried something new today. I hope you guys liked the screen sharing. I'm gonna try to do more of that uh, as I figure out more and more what I have, what I can do on the show here. Um, but I hope you guys like that. Uh, let's see here. We got rabbit having no backups is what killed. Yeah, exactly. That that <laughs> you're right. That what killed us last year. It was I mean we're grabbing guys off the streets. So that's why I think that's why you know Eli Apple and 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 Allen were, were huge, and I mean honestly across the 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 defensive line, we're pretty deep there. I mean I don't know a lot of them are rookies, you know, but we're pretty deep. So I'm not really worried about that. Secondary, I think we're pretty deep. It's just a linebacking core. That's the one that I'm 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 a little worried of. I like to I like to be a little a little deeper at you know. That's it. But I really do think that Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither are going to have awesome years, especially Logan Wilson. I just really like that kid. I like his football IQ. I like his nose for the ball. You know, he was in the right place at the right time a lot for a rookie. So th- those those are things that, that, are, that are good, obviously. <laughs> I'm not saying anything that's, you know, breaking, breaking the ceiling here. But it, it, it's, it, it's a good platform for him to to move move to the second year at you know he's already got this part done now I get approve upon it same thing with Davis Gaither I think he had a good year hopefully his hands get a little better because I know he, there's at least two interceptions he could have had last year that he just flat dropped so I'm hoping he gets a little better at that anyway it's about six nineteen like I said it's summertime there's not as many well right now there's no sports going on because All Star break was is here the reds are back at it friday i can't wait for them to start it's going to be an absolute blast big series coming up they gotta win two out of three at least hopefully sweep them and if they sweep them maybe me and arrow will be shotgun in the beer <laughs> if they sweep the series we'll see but uh, i want to thank the uh facebook groups that let me live stream i appreciate every single one of them they are Hootay Nation, Cincinnati Bengals, the jungle, Bengals Nation, Bengals Hootay Nation, Cincinnati Reds, riding third, heading for home, Bearcat Country, 
Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. You can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Twitter handle is Jeff A at Jeff A Trenopole. That's T-R-E-N-N-E-P-O-H-L. I'm also on TikTok. You can follow me at Iceman90. I'll be pulling the sound off later on today and putting it up on the podcast. You can find it on Spotify, BeanPod, Apple iTunes. Stitcher, I think, pretty much wherever you get your podcast, you guys can listen to it, download it, rate it, like it, review it, subscribe to it, all the above. Speaking of subscriptions, YouTubers, you guys are awesome. My original people here, my YouTube channel subscription is up to 1,243. That is awesome. Let's keep it rolling. I appreciate every single one of you guys as like I said, you guys t- take time to talk to me on the show, watch the show. It's awesome. Uh, okay, got two more comments here for Rev, and then we get get the heck on out of here. All right, let's see. Seriously, I think with everything we've done so far, we can go get ten wins, mostly at home. Rabbit, I got us going 11, 11 and five or eleven and six. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think we got a really good shot. It just Depends on the defense. And he said shotgun with me too. <laughs> Sounds good, man. We have just one big shotgun, shotgun beer party after the red sweep. So hopefully the red's a sweep. We'll find out what's going on. And other than that, as my man, who is the co-host of the show. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's not the co-host anymore. He never comes on anymore. Man, I just kick him off. Totally kidding. Not kicking off Jeremy D. Jeremy D's nuts, Dimebag Dean, would say, remember one thing, and one thing only, and that is, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Usually I say, let's go Reds or let's go Bengals, but there's no games on tonight, so go watch a movie. I think you can watch the ESPYs, I guess, if you want. I'm not. Probably going to hang out and watch some TV shows or something. Or maybe watch some old sports shows. I don't know. We'll see. But other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!